Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, it's hilarious watching the Democrats. I'm, I'm looking at Adam Schiff right now on the television as they start this impeachment sham fiasco today. Um, try to convince the American people that this was a huge political success when common sense, poll data, and just about every sane person in the United States is openly laughing at them. Folks, listen, I know shouting fraud and celebrating the failures of your political opponents is not the most morally upstanding thing to do, but I must say, I am enjoying every minute of their face plan right here. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. Welcome to the Dan Bungino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm right there I, along with you, Dano. I, yeah. I know it's bad. Me it's and okay. you are morally corrupted. I know yes, it's we bad. Are. But watching this, this goofball loser, Adam Schiff, try to save this disaster, this impeachment hoax on day one as President Trump is in Davos uh, negotiating uh, with our international partners, all kinds of... Uh, you know, economic uh, stuff going forward and policies and talking about important things while these idiots sit here in front of the camera trying to save this yeah. is one of the saddest moments I've ever seen what are you for the do? now broken, <laughs> terrible, that what are you going to write? It's total what Donnie Brasco. Do? Yeah. The answer is nothing. You're just going to take no. it as we all openly laugh at you. I got that today. Right. Big update in the John Durham probe yeah. into the Spygate thing, uh, courtesy of our friend Sarah Carter. Great job there. And another media face plant as they totally blow it on the Second Amendment rally in Virginia yesterday, hoping for a disaster. Uh, Turned out the exact opposite, of course, because that's what patriots do. They do the right thing when the right thing matters. All right, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Simply Safe. Simply Safe's home security is like getting a commercial grade enterprise level security for your house. Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. This was my field before, folks. They know police are going to be on the scene immediately. It's exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. That's, that is a big, big benefit. With Simply Safe, you get a comprehensive protection. You get comprehensive protection for your home outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, glass break sensors guard the inside of your house. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24 7 by live security professionals. You can set up the system yourself. Paula did it here in our house. We just expanded it, as a matter of fact. With no tools needed or Simply Safe's experts, they can do it for you. It's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino today to get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's Simply Safe. S-I-M-P-L-I. Safe.com slash Dan Bongino to save on your home security today. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Don't wait another day. Secure your home. All right, Joe, let's go. Here we go. Ding, ding. So the impeachment process, which is blowing up in their face, one of the biggest face plants in, in modern political history, uh, is getting worse for the Democrats. Now, folks, you can say, Dan, you're a conservative libertarian type. You're just saying that because you dislike the ideology of Adam Schiff and his loser brigade, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Jerry Nadler, and otherwise. No, folks. Mm. Um, yeah, I do dislike them. You're right about that. That's not what the no I'm directing at. But Ladies and gentlemen, the American people like to pick their own presidents and they like to remove their own presidents via this crazy thing, Joe, called election. Son of a gun. Now, you think the dopey, ridiculous, totally out of touch Democrats would have caught on after the Clinton impeachment, which, listen, I'm just being candid with you, folks. I did not like everything Bill Clinton did. I obviously was not a uh, supporter of his behavior in the White House. But as a strict tactical maneuver, the impeachment of Bill Clinton and the subsequent loss in the Senate trial to remove him from office was a political disaster for the Republicans. Yep. It just was. Joe, us denying it makes us look like fools. Sure it would. President Clinton, during the height of the impeachment hearing, you know what his hearing, you know what his approval rating was, folks? Take a stand back. It was 73%. And Bill Clinton actually committed crimes. You would think the Democrats who were dumb as a box of pet rocks, maybe dumber would have figured this out. They haven't folks because they are, they're like bricks. They really are. You Hmm. cannot pet their neurons are not functioning. They hate this guy so much. They trot out the two biggest losers on Capitol Hill, Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff. You couldn't find anyone else, but these two zeros. 
still desperately in front of the camera right now, desperately trying to sell people that do. We caught him now. You yeah. got nothing. You've got nothing. Here's a piece of the Washington Examiner by our friend Paul Bedard showing you exactly what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Impeachment, increasing support for Trump. Joe, am I reading that wrong? Um, Paula, you too. Am I reading this wrong? Paula, just checking. No, I'm not reading it wrong. Cool. That is yeah, the headline right. by Paul Bedard. Thank you. I appreciate it. I yeah. need you to, my yeah. eyes are, you know, I'm getting old. Everything's aren't working well anymore. <laughs> yeah. Impeachment is increasing support for Trump. Paul Bedard, Washington Examiner. The article will be in the show notes today. Please subscribe to our email list, Bongino.com slash newsletter. We will email you the best conservative articles today. And BonginoReport.com features a lot of these too. Folks, what is an impeachment? And what is the subsequent Senate trial designed to do? It's not a criminal trial. It's not. It's a political trial. Right. And everybody knows it. There is no crime. There is no allegation of a crime. Does anybody remember during the farce impeachment hearings on the House side, Joe? Remember when they asked, the, the Republicans asked all of the witnesses, if you have any evidence of a crime the president committed worthy of impeachment, raise your hand. Joe, hmm. how many people raised their hand? Do you remember? Uh, none. <laughs> I don't yeah. think. <laughs> zero. No, zero. Yes. No, I'm sorry I caught you off guard. Zero. No. I remember. No yeah. one. Nobody raised their hand. This was the first impeachment hearing in American history. No one actually has evidence of crime. Folks, that happened. To the liberals listening, I know, yeah. again, your skulls are seriously this thick, leaving you one or two functioning neurons to keep your diaphragm working and maybe your heart moving. I know the brain doesn't actually <laughs> process information, but you do realize that when the witnesses for your impeachment were asked if the president, President Trump, that is the president, I have to talk slow because these people are really dumb. Yeah. You realize when the witnesses in your, your witnesses, Adam Schiff and the Democrats ran the impeachment, not one witness could point to an actual crime worthy of impeachment. You realize that, right? You understand I'm not making any of this up. I could play the video, but I don't want to bore my, my smart <laughs> listeners to death, not including the liberals. I'm sorry, but it's true. You understand that, right? That no one's been able to point to a crime here? Do we have a screenshot from that piece, Paula? We do, right? From the Paul Bedard piece. Sorry, I forget what I screenshot and not, and I send over to it. Here, from the Paul Bedard piece. In its latest survey, Gallup, Gallup, ladies and gentlemen, the polling organization, not Gallup like a horse, not some right-wing uh, advocacy group. Gallup even said that the impeachment quote is increasing support for the president, just as it did for former President Bill Clinton 22 years ago, the double deuce. Said Gallup, as was the as was as was the case for Clinton, the impeachment of Trump has not had a noticeable effect on his popular support. In fact, for both presidents, impeachment had the opposite effect of increasing their public approval. Folks, I'm sorry, but I love this. I know it's bad. I know it. I get it. I I'm, I know it's not right, and I know we should not celebrate the downfall of our enemies, our political enemies. I want to be clear. I know we shouldn't do that, but I'd be lying to you and I don't want to lie to you because I love my audience and our integrity and our authenticity matter. And I pride myself on that in this show. I'm enjoying every bit of this. I know it's bad. I know, but watching these idiots face plan is just hysterical. They are so desperate that they're getting wrecked and owned at every single turn that they've got to trot out pencil neck every single time. <laughs> the eyeballs. I mean, Tom Shalhoub does a better Adam Schiff than Adam Schiff does. You know Tom Shalhoub from Fox? Pee <laughs> Wee Senior. This guy's a caricature <laughs> of a human being. Yeah. He's, the, he's, a, he's like a single-celled amoeba. They trot <laughs> him out there thinking like he resonates with the American people. You know, folks, I was a working person my whole life. I was a painter. I worked in a cemetery. I stocked shelves in a supermarket. I was a cop, then a secret service agent. I only got into doing this for a living a little while ago. Believe me, nobody knows the working man better than me. My brother's an electrician. My father was a plumber. My other brother was a mover before he went into the secret service himself. I, I understand. I've been there. My mother was a cashier at a supermarket. I get it. Believe me, I get it. Yeah. And I know Joe gets it probably more than me. We've all been working. Stiffs, believe me, man. this guy's we out of stands at everything. Yeah, we, we're we stiffs. Are. We've always been right. working stiffs. 
Do you really believe Pencil Neck in his dopey speeches about fake crimes, Adam Schiff? Do you really believe coal miners in West Virginia and truckers in Pennsylvania? Listen, going, that's my guy. That's my guy. Not a shot. Do you really believe this? That, come on, Joe and I talk to normal people. I mean, they're laughing. At, we are laughing at you. You are hysterical. We are la- you are you are a joke. <laughs> you are an unintended comedy act. You're an embarrassment. And everybody knows it but you. It's the Truman Show here. <laughs> now, I want to hat tip newsbusters for this video. Here's a montage showing you how you're not the only embarrassment, Schiff, Pelosi, and Nadler. Although you're, believe me, it's pretty embarrassing, but you're not the only ones. The media has totally humiliated themselves on this because the media can't get their story straight either. Again, hat tip newsbusters, Curtis Howe. I saw this video on his Twitter feed. This is a montage of the media. Listen close. During the Clinton impeachment, it's important. So you understand you are dealing with people who have no integrity at all. This is the media on witnesses. Remember, there was a, a with the Clinton impeachment, they just wanted it over. They didn't want any witnesses. Now, the media, because they hate Trump, now they want new witnesses in the Senate trial. They totally changed their tune from the Clinton trial. Why did they change their tune? Obviously, folks, because they have no principles. And Clinton was a Democrat, and so were the media. They're Democrat hacks. Listen to this montage of the media. And, and by the way, listen to the other part. So first on witnesses, how they're total hypocrites. And second, how they want it shut down, how it's a total farce. But with this one, they love it. They think it's great, despite the fact they don't yeah. even have a crime. Check this out. The whole issue has been a sham. It shouldn't have gotten this far. The House acted improperly in passing it on to the Senate. Why is your party dragging this thing out? Why is this happening? Why go through all this, uh, this business about witnesses? Do we really need more witnesses? It's going to add months to this thing. We should... Stop this. This bogus inflated uh, case. And get on with business of governance. Will these people just get down to business and leave this impeachment thing alone? It's going to be an enormous distraction uh, to the White House and all kinds of issues that the Congress ought to be considering. There's a long line of, of the people's business that seems to have been put aside and apparently is going to be put aside for weeks, if not months now. We begin tonight with the voice of the people. The visitor who got up and shouted, God Almighty, take the vote and get it over with. God Almighty, the man said, take the vote and get it over with. You know who the hero of this whole thing is? It's the guy who stood up in the Senate gallery last week and said, good God, vote and get over with this, will you? This process is Stalinist. His actions certainly do not warrant impeachment. Is there, is there not some concern of the public perception in in some quarters, not all of them Democratic, that this is in in fact a kind of effort at a quote coup. That herd of managers from the House. (laughs) I mean, frankly, all they they were missing was white sheets. They were like night riders. One White House official told me today in 20 years, he said, people will remember three things about this, that the president was impeached in the House, that he was acquitted in the Senate, and that the whole thing was a partisan hit job. Just sum this little segment up here. Bill Clinton actually perjured himself and committed crimes. He perjured himself. Everybody knows it. Bill Clinton was impeached. It was a political fiasco for the I've acknowledged that because we do facts here, unlike media people who do fake news. It was a fiasco for the Republicans. But the media at the time was clear to feed the idea that it was a fiasco. with Get it over with. It's a waste of everybody's time. Nobody's going to remember this. We don't need witnesses celebrating this guy. Take the vote already. Get this over with. Why? Because the media are frauds. Bill Clinton was a Democrat and they had to lick his boots and surgically attach their lips to Bill Clinton's ass. That's what they do. They're Democrats. Now on this impeachment, there's no crime. No witness has alleged the crime. No one has come forward with evidence of a crime. The articles of impeachment they submitted don't even include a crime. And the media loves it. They think it's the greatest thing ever. No, no, we need witnesses, man. We need witnesses. You are total <laughs> phonies. Total phonies. Complete frauds. By the way, one note. I, I mean, obviously, I was not a big fan of Eleanor Cliff's politics, but it does remind me of being a kid. I used to watch the McLaughlin group yeah. and John McLaughlin. Yeah. Eleanor. Remember that show? <laughs> Eleanor. Eleanor. Yeah. I mean, that really reminds me of my Eleanor. child. I used to love that show. Yeah, yeah. I, Illinois, it was so much fun to watch when I was a kid. Um, one final note on this, too. You want to play hardball? Uh, cocaine Mitch strikes again. He did something you may have missed yesterday. Did you catch it? No, I missed it. He declared that it's going to begin the Senate uh, impeachment trial today at 1 p.m. Eastern time. 
What is that? Well, why would he do that? Because cocaine Mitch strikes again. I love this about this. Again, not a huge fan of, of Mitch McConnell all the time, but sometimes he does. He's lately. He's I don't know what happened. Maybe he's on uh, TRT. I don't know what's going on, but there's something his his he's really his his uh, political aggressiveness has gone through the roof. I don't get it. He starts at one P. Why, Joe? Because he gave each side basically 12 hours mm-hmm. to make their case. So, Joe, if the case started at, if they open the impeachment trial at 9 o'clock, like the Democrats want at 9 a.m. in the morning, what are you laughing at over there? 9 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Well, what time then, if it's 12 hours later, would it end? Now, at 9 in the evening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, in media broadcasting, what we would call, tell me if I'm correct, yeah. Joe, you've been in this business a long time, we would call that prime time, correct? Yes, that's, that is correct. Yes. And- Thank you. My media analyst. Mitch did something cool. have to be the ombudsman well, for Well, sometimes. He's actually a media professional. We would call that prime time. Yeah. Cocaine Mitch is like, nah, you can make your arguments at one in the morning. Thank you. <laughs> Good shot, dude. I want to yeah. do it so bad. Those of you, because we're trying to keep it family friendly, get what I'm doing. Yeah. If you want to see the visuals, youtube.com slash Bongino. You get it. What I'm doing. It's the double barrel. Nice job, Cocaine Mitch, who strikes again. You can make your arguments at 11 o'clock at night and one in the morning. Good for you. One more thing. If we're going to call witnesses and the Democrats want witnesses, yeah, all right. This is a stupid move. But if they want it, oh, we'll give them witnesses. Here's my witness list. And you should call your senators promptly today, like Laura Ingram suggested last night on her show, and she's right. She gave out the switchboard number. You should call your senator, whatever state you live in today, and you should demand that Hunter Biden obviously is on that list. But Joe, what about Nellie Orr? She should be on the list too, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. she claimed on the road she was getting information from Ukrainian lawmakers used to target President Trump. Sounds corrupt to me. Nellie Orr. Nellie yep. Orr better be on that list. Yeah, babe. What about Alexandra Chalupa, the Democratic operative? Yeah. Who, uh, the Demo- the uh, Ukrainian embassy has already admitted she was soliciting information about Trump in a foreign collusion scandal. I'd like to see her too. So let's see Hunter, let's see Nellie, and let's see Alexandra. I'd like to see them up there too. Call your senator's office today and demand we hear from them, too. You want witnesses? Ah, we'll give you witnesses. You take your witnesses. We'll add our witnesses, too. And we'll put them up at about 6 or 7 o'clock while you put your witnesses up at 1 in the morning. Oh, that's so rude and unfair. Really? Sorry. Tough. Not sorry. Tough. Don't care at all. New rules, folks. We win, you lose. You want to be birds? Rhymes, rhymes with hip? We can play that game, too. I know your media allies. Oh, this is so unfair. We don't really care. Sorry. Damn, that's so rude. Yeah. That's right. It is. I don't really care. I said to you at the beginning of the show, I have to be just candid. I'm enjoying every moment of this face plan. We'll have coverage for the rest of the week. Just a note, I'll, I'll, at the end of the show today, I'll get to you why today, this week's recording schedule is going to be a little screwy. The shows will be there for you. Don't worry, but uh, I'll describe to you what happened. I didn't mean to leave you in limbo yesterday. I certainly wasn't trying to be dramatic. I just um, I want to make sure we knew all the stuff. For those of you listening to yesterday's show, you know what I mean. All right, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. It's <laughs> so funny. Brick- <laughs> Paula has to do some stuff when I put the ads up. So usually it's this stuff goes in the teleprompter. Brickhouse, I know so well. I memorize it. I've been moving so long. Yeah. So I said, and Brett, Paula like jumped. She like freaked out. I said, and Brett, this show, she like, you should have seen her. It was like a ninja. Remember show Kasugi from Ninja 3, The Domination? She was like this. Karate step, Mr. Miyagi style. She was like this doing the crane <laughs> over there. You should have seen her jump. She almost fell out of the chair. <laughs> That was hysterical. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. No, oh, she, yeah. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, you took like for a guy. She really, she, you should have seen, I've never seen her move that fast in my life. <laughs> Today's show also, you know why? Because she's on Brickhouse Nutrition Foundation. That's why she can move like a ninja. But like that segue? BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan. For what? For the best nutrition supplements on the market. I'm not kidding. This is the best of the best of the best. Little Joe loves them. Yep. Joe loves them. My, listen, my family loves, I had a nephew want to drive up here from Fort Lauderdale to get a hold of one of their products. What's the product called? It's called Foundation. What is it? Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan today. Pick up a bottle of foundation. It is a creatine ATP blend. Okay, great. What's that going to do for you? It's going to do a lot. It is the single finest nutrition supplement I have ever taken. Hands down, there's not even a close second. I am not messing with you. They've been with me forever, and I love this product. 
It'll make you look better. It'll make you feel better. It'll make you perform better. It is that simple. I have evidence of this in my personal life. I do what's called the mirror test. Before you get on foundation, which is like having, it's a supplement that it's the equivalent of having two extra gas tanks. Take the seven-day mirror test. It has a volumization effect in your muscle cells. It makes them look harder and more firm. Seven-day mirror test. Before you take foundation, take a little mental snapshot, what you look like in a mirror. Come back seven days later. Look again. You're going to be like, you're going to perform better. You don't believe me? Whatever. Do push-ups, squats, whatever you, burpees, whatever you want to do. Take a little note in a, in a log, how many you do. Come back seven days later. Boom. You'll perform better. You'll look better. You'll feel better. Go to uh, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. What are you laughing at? This is, the, you, this is the, she knows this stuff is legit. That's why, right? Well, with the Paula, she still loves that. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. It is the single finest nutrition supplement I've ever taken. All right, moving on, because we got a lot to get through today. So Doran Probe, Johnny D. Johnny D, who's John Doran? For those regular listeners, you already know. Somebody just tuned in today for the first time. John Doran is the federal investigator from the Department of Justice looking into the whole spying scandal on the Trump team. He's assigned by Attorney General Barr. And apparently, to our friend Sarah Carter's got a little scoop that Johnny D's probe is heating up. Yo. There's some people in a lot of trouble. And she covers something that if you're a regular listener to the show, you already know about. But it's worth repeating today because she's kind of got the scoop. SarahCarter.com. It'll be up at our, was it Sarah A. Carter? I'm not really sure. It'll be up at the show notes regardless. Bongino.com again slash newsletter. We'll send this article to you. Headline, John Durham criminal probe gathers steam investigating, wait, post-election documents too? So there are two scoops in this. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sarah Carter's got some really, I, I, I know she has some really good sources on this. I'm sure of it. Let's go to scoop number one, scoop ski number one first, which you heard before, but wait, wait, before we go to ski, I know you're getting ready, getting a trigger finger happy there. Before we go to, I just want to cover this one thing. I want to set this up before I get to this snippet from sarahcarter.com. I just want to set it up first. I told you, Joe, you can vouch for me on this because I know you remember it because we talked about it all fair. Okay. I told you about three, four months ago that the spying scandal on the Trump team is multi-layered, but it's really very simple. Did a political party spy on its opposition, President Trump, to gain political advantage using government intel assets? It's not hard to figure out. Now, there's a lot of nuance and layers in there. Who knew who, who was tied to who, how it involves Ukraine, how it involves Mike Flynn. And we covered that all last week. But the scandal is very simple to understand. Don't ever forget it. I remember. The Obama team spied on the Trump team and lied about it. Simple as that. Okay. Now, when you keep it 30,000 feet, I said to you, one of the biggest parts of the big scandal is that should really ring your bell is, did you pay for it? Were taxpayer dollars used to pay a government spy to spy on President Trump? It is a, a, a shockingly, and I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm even astounded by this because I know the media sucks. Like they're just really awful. But you would think at least one entrepreneurial media type would say, gosh, this has to be the scoop of a generation. How is it not? That taxpayer money was used to possibly pay a spy to spy on taxpayers' choice for president, Donald Trump. Like, that's a crazy <laughs> scandal. And it's oh, no one talks about it at all. Well, Sarah Carter's picking up this piece. Now, to her first takeaway. Remember, she's talking about two big reveals. Durham probe expands to Pentagon. Sarah A. Oh, it is. It's SarahACarter.com. First reported that Durham has expanded his investigation to include the Pentagon's Office of Net Assessment. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, regular listeners are yes, like that yes. ONA, Office yes, of Net Assessment. Yes. Those creepers, they keep coming up. They keep creeping into the storyline here. Well, what happened with the Office of Net Assessment at the Pentagon? Well, they contracted former FBI informant Stefan Halper, who had contacts with four Trump campaign officials. The ONA awarded Halper multiple contracts that totaled over $1 million. Whoa, this is an Austin Powers moment. $1 million, crazy time. DOJ Inspector General Horowitz's most recent report described interviews with FBI agents that said it was serendipitous, Joe, that Halper knew all the sources in Crossfire Hurricane's investigation. The FBI agents said they couldn't believe their luck. They couldn't believe it that Halper had contacts with three of their four subjects. Carter Page, Papadopoulos, as well as General Flynn. Crazy how that happens. One million. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Pentagon obviously is financed by you. The Office of Net Assessments is not a private capital-forming organization. It is a government entity financed by you, taxpayers. Did you pay Halper to spy on the Trump team? Three or four members of the Trump team that the FBI thought, whoa, my gosh, I can't believe this guy Halper knows all these people. Did you ever think to ask how he knew those people? Now, you may say, Dan, you've addressed that before. What's the new angle? Well, the new angle is that Durham may be a little hip to that. And the new, new angle, which I'm going to add, which is not in Sarah Carter's report, but that I've heard may be part of it. I'm sure Sarah knows this. I'm not trying to take any kind of a shot at her at all. Sarah knows a lot too. Is who else was Halper getting money from? Folks, if this is proven, these allegations that not, by the way, that, that Halper was paid from the Office of Net Assessment is not an allegation. It's true. What he was paid for with your taxpayer dollars is still a semi-open question. If he was paid to spy on Trump and you paid for it to engage in, at, at best, illicit government spying, at worst, illegal government spying with your tax dollars, who else was paying him and why does that matter? Folks, as I said to you before, there's information in the dossier that fits a pattern of a lot of helpers reporting. If, if, Halper had any role in that dossier used to spy on Trump. Any role whatsoever. And Halper was also taking money from other entities doing political opposition research. Ladies and gentlemen, the scandal of the century just became the scandalous scandal of the century, but a scandal on top of a scandal layered on top of another scandal buried in a scandalous mess. So now we have an FBI informant, a government spy, we're not going to play the leftist euphemism game, was a spy, SPY, being paid by your tax dollars to illicitly spy on the opposition candidate for the presidency, Donald Trump, into 27th, potentially into his presidency here where other stuff is happening. And we find out that other money may have changed hands as well from political operations that were intertwined with this. I told you this was going to get hot, folks. If you're watching this show, you're way, way, you are at least three months ahead of the news cycle. Yep. Something else scooped by, uh, by Sarah Carter, which again, I've highlighted on this show. This one I highlighted when I was still living in my other house about seven months ago. But it's important from the Sarah Carter piece. Check this out. Quote, on Friday, Catherine Herridge uh, reported with CBS now, first reported that a, quote, strong paper trail of documents is being reviewed by John Durham. Pay attention to the time frame here, folks. Yeah. Quote, those documents span a time period from January of 2017. Notice President Trump is the president at that point until May of 2017, just before the appointment of special counsel Bob Mueller. However, Barr has already suggested at the expansive nature of Durham's probe in December and hinted at the discoveries. And in October, 2019 reports revealed that Durham had expanded the scope of his investigation and would investigate not only the origin of the probe into Trump's campaign, but also the post-election timeline. Whoa, what do we got here? <laughs> Again, we've done, we did the intricacies and the timelines and we weaved the characters together during our series of shows last week, which performed exceptionally well. Today, we're keeping it at 30,000 feet. Was the president spied on? Yes. Were taxpayer dollars paid to the spy who spied on the president? Yes. Open question. Was that spy paid specifically to spy on the president? We shall soon see. Was that spy also taking money from Hillary Clinton funded political operation outlets? We will see that too. Now, what's this part about? So Durham's uncovered a paper trail? Covering January to May? Donald Trump's the president at this point is 2017. Well, this opens up two big can of worms. Let's open up can of worms number one. Can of worms number one is, if in January of 2017, the FBI knew their entire case for Russian collusion was bogus, which they did the latest January of 2017, 
then what the hell were DOJ officials and others like Rod Rosenstein, who's no white knight, by the way. I don't care who tells you that. You can throw that theory right in the garbage right now. What the hell were Rod Rosenstein and others doing pushing to have a special counsel appointed to investigate Russian collusion they knew was a hoax? Did I miss something, folks? That's weird. So you know in January, while President Trump is the president of the United States, yeah. that your whole thing is a hoax. I'll get to how they know that in a minute. Most of you know this, but it's worth repeating now because this strong paper trail is something I heard about a long time ago. If they know in January the case is bogus, the president's swearing in, why were they pushing to investigate a bogus case? Ladies and gentlemen, it's fairly obvious at this point. They thought they could build political capital through impeachment to get the president out of office. And once the president was out of office, they were praying they could intimidate Mike Pence or someone else to make this whole thing just go away. It's obvious. It was a race. Do you get what I'm saying? It was a race to the finish line. Big time. Get the president out of office was their finish line. Yeah. Uncover Spygate is the president's finish line. The Democrats were hoping to get the president out of office and hit their finish line before President Trump exposing what happened to him that a finish line's ever reached. Copy. Copy. Now, what happened? It's easy to figure out. What happened in January of 2017 and what is this strong paper trail? My sources are telling me and have told me in the past they are unimpeachable sources, pun definitely intended, that in January of 2017, an interview happens there's documents on that interview, maybe the strong paper trail in January of 2017 with Christopher Steele's sources. And the FBI knows conclusively at that point that the Steele dossier based on supposedly Steele's subsources is all hooey. It's garbage. It's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. It's a joke. It's a hoax. It's a fabricated rumor. It's an internet rumor. It's not even an internet rumor. It's a, it's a bad National Enquirer episode. It's a joke. And instead of getting in front of the American people and saying, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we were fooled. We apologize. We screwed up. It's time for reforms within the FBI. They double down and the DOJ wants to appoint a special counsel to investigate what they already know is a hoax. Do you understand in January of 2017, the FBI interviewed people Steele was saying, produced these allegations against Trump. They were using to spy on him. And these sources said this is total garbage. It's made up. None of this happened. It's barroom talk. Now, one more thing on this. I want to show you a quick video by Katherine Harridge. This is Katherine Harridge on CBS. She brings up something interesting, too. Because not only, you're following me here, right, folks? January 2017, they all yeah. know, the FBI knows, everybody knows this case is a hoax. They yeah. know it. Fact. Case closed. And they move forward anyway. This is fascinating because it ties into a story I covered yesterday with the Jim Comey investigation going on about the leak of the fake Russian intel to the New York Times. Do you notice the time frame of that leak to the New York Times about the fake Russian intel he got baited into? He thought the email chain from the Democrats about them fixing the Clinton investigation was, was, was uh, the Russians had it. Turned out that most people believe it was fake. Did you notice he leaked that? to the media in a very suspicious time frame. Listen to Katherine Harridge tie it together. This is interesting. What's got my attention here is that based on recent reporting, what I've been able to learn is that John Durham, who is looking at the origins of the FBI Russia probe, as he's learned more information, he's refocused his aperture, if you will, and he's now drilling down on this time frame of January to May of 2017, and that would encapsulate the alleged leak in this case. And I was told he's doing this because the paper trail is so strong. And of course, if you do proceed with any kind of criminal prosecution, the paper trail really matters in terms of the evidence, Tanya. Absolutely. All right. Well, Catherine Harridge, thank you so much. You're welcome. Folks, Catherine Harridge is wow. extremely well sourced in this investigation. She doesn't, Catherine's not known for hyperbole or drama. She's not, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? Jim Acosta trying to perform on television. She's an actual journalist who cares about facts. Nothing she says is by mistake. Do you notice how she mentions how the time frame Durham's investigating January of 2017 yeah. to May of 2017? How she notices it encapsulates the time Comey's alleged to have leaked the fake Russian yeah. intelligence to the New York Times? Yeah. Now, if it in fact is shown that Comey did do that leak, and listen, he's entitled to the uh, to a justice like anyone else. I believe Jim Comey's sleazy, slimy, and the uh, one of the worst characters who's ever employed in the United States government, without a doubt. 
But if it is in fact proven that he leaked that fake Russian intelligence to the New York Times in that time frame, you starting to figure out why he may have done that? Bell's going off? Oh, yeah. So in January of 2017, Jim Comey, at the, by the way, at the latest, is sitting there with his FBI and DOJ counterparts, and they're sitting there like this. We got a problem. What's the problem, Jim? Um, we've been spying on the president of the United States' campaign now for the last year uh, based on a Russian collusion hoax now. What do you mean hoax, Jim? I thought this was real. Well, we interviewed Steele's sources about the allegations and the dossier we used and we swore to in front of the FISA court, and the sources are telling us that this is all garbage. Oh, boy, what do we do now? Well, now we better double down and get this president out of office because once he finds out what happens to him, it's going to be a really, really bad story, so we got to make this all go away. Well, how do we do that? Well, we got to keep the media heat on the president that this Russian collusion thing is real. But, Jim, you just said it wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't matter. We got to pretend it's real still. Well, I got an idea. Jim probably goes back to his office, right? Calls up the New York Times. Hey, I've got some information the Russians may have had. The Trump team may have had it too. Oh my gosh. Now the media is like collusion. Now does the timeline make sense? Does the deviousness of this guy, I mean, what really? What One of the worst people we have ever employed in a position of power in the United States government in the history of our country. If this allegation that he leaked it is proven to be correct, it makes perfect sense. He did it in the time frame where the president's in office. They need to get him out. They need a special counsel, and they are losing the initiative because their sources are all turning up flat on the Russian collusion they're promoting to the public. So what better way to turn public opinion against the president again by leaking more spurious fake information that the president is, in fact, working with the Russians when it's all nonsense? It makes perfect sense. There's no way Catherine Harris brought that up randomly. No, no, no. She doesn't do that. All right. uh, Today's show. Folks, I really appreciate your patience with the shows. Again, I'll I'll explain to you in a few minutes what's going on, but uh, I appreciate you supporting our sponsors. They really want to be here. We just have to, you know, kind of front load some shows this week for stuff. Uh, Today's show also brought to you by our good friends and one of my favorite companies, one of my favorite sponsors, because I like to sleep more than anyone. Right, Paula? (laughs) A little too much. She was yelling at me the other day because Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep is a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences. The perfect mattress for you. Don't buy a mattress contoured for someone else. You're a side sleeper like me, a hot sleeper, definitely like me. You like a plush or a firm bed. I like a little more firm. With Helix, there's no more confusion and no more guesswork. Stop compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine and is the single most comfortable mattress we have ever slept on. We have one for us and one for our daughter. We love it. We're getting one for my other daughter too, right? Hopefully this week. Just trying to find someone to get rid of our other measures. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. I took the quiz and I was matched to a Helix Midnight Lux. It is like sleeping on a cloud. We love it. I'm ordering these for every one of my family. The me- uh, uh, excuse me, the Midnight Lux is medium firm and designed for side sleepers like me. I have a bad shoulder, so it's perfect for me. I've been sleeping on it for years. I love it. It is the best mattress I've ever had, hands down. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you absolutely will. Trust me, if you are in the market for a mattress, your mattress getting old, you're not sleeping well at night, Helix Sleep. HelixSleep.com slash Dan. Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Right now, Helix Sleep is offering up to $200. It's a big savings off all mattress orders for our listeners. Again, go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. You will not regret it. For up to $200 off your mattress order, helixsleep.com slash Dan. The finest mattresses out there. Go check them out. Okay. Oh, let's see. What do we got next? So yesterday, the media did another hysterical face plant. They had this just uh, hysteria about the Patriots who showed oh. up in Virginia to advocate. Remember this? Yeah, the media. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like a white supremacy Ku Klux Klan. There's yeah. gonna be there. Everyone's gonna die. It's gonna be a riot. Go. This is terrible. Yep. Now the media, which has never been more out of touch with the people they're supposed to be covering. I saw that on Twitter, so I'm not trying to bogart it from anyone. But someone said on Twitter, I don't know who. Well, maybe it was Buck Sexton. I'm not sure. But somebody said, "Has there ever been a point in American history where the media has been so out of touch?" with the actual people they're trying to report on. Never. There has They have no idea what's going on. Mm-mm. Folks, I'm not kidding. I would have bet my, whatever amount of money I had in my wallet yesterday, I would have bet it hands down that nothing was going to happen at this rally. Why? 
because Joe, me, and Paula, having run for office and been an activist before I got into doing a talk radio and podcasting, have been to these rallies. Joe, yeah. remember the Second Amendment rally yeah. in Maryland? And uh, yeah, I do. Folks, they you were left down the, there. The, 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 of course, I was down. I, yeah. That's where I, I entered onto the map. Right. I had that viral speech. I interviewed with Joe's radio station right. about that when he was at CBM. That's how one of the times uh, right after Joe and I had met. I was at a Second Amendment. I'd given a speech and it went viral. It got like a couple million views. Yeah, it was good. Folks, they left the, the, the courtyard in front of the state house in Maryland. They left the cleaner when they arrived. <laughs> because what the media will never understand is the entire essence of conservatism is the idea that we respect the big R God-given rights of everyone. Now, media people, let me give you a quick lecture from them. What that means is big R God-given rights. Your right to life, liberty, your own pursuit of happiness, your right to assemble, your right to your religion, your right to defend yourself, your right to petition the government, and the right of you to read a free and open and fair press. What that means as a conservative is I don't infringe on your rights. Bingo. Meaning I don't punch you in the face. I don't try to silence you with these rallies. If people show up at a Second Amendment rally and they want to say, I don't like the Second Amendment, nobody's going to beat you up there. The safest place in America is at a Second Amendment rally, a rally, as was proven yesterday at the Virginia Second Amendment rally, where literally tens of thousands of people showed up. That's not a figurative number. And I'm, believe me, I'm erring on the low end to not be hyperbolic. The crowds were enormous. Yeah. And what happened yesterday was hyped by the media to be this black hole level apocalyptic catastrophe that was going to descend into like an open civil war in Virginia. You don't believe me? Hat tip newsbusters again. I had, by the way, folks, I had to cut this short. This montage is like a minute and 40 long. I had to cut it at roughly a minute. It, it, what I'm trying to tell you is this goes on forever. This is the media yesterday predicting absolute chaos, showing again how totally out of touch with the real world these losers are. Check this out. Right now, thousands of gun rights activists, white nationalists, militia groups all swarming the Virginia state capitol. There are a lot of people nervous about what's going to happen. Authorities in Richmond are on high alert. It could be a tense day. Such polarization, what may happen in Virginia. Several hate groups, supposedly some white nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalist groups. White supremacists. White supremacists. White supremacists. White extremists. This entire rally stands in, in opposition to the meaning of this day. Virginia on the edge. How concerned are you that there might be some people in this crowd that may want to get violent? There's certainly a lot of concern here. Raising fears of a dangerous confrontation. It could be violence. And there is real concern there about what the intention is behind this. There's a lot of concern about the potential for violence. If spark violence, tensions high in Virginia it may cause violence there. Like I'm clearly trying to avoid another Charlottesville. Yeah. In Charlottesville. Could see a repeat of what we saw in 2017 in Charlottesville. Similar to what we saw in Charlottesville. Worrying about a repeat of Charlottesville. Oh, dude. Joe. Yeah. Joe, can you not? The disappointment. When this was over by the media, I'm not kidding. You have yeah. to, you have to, I'm on Twitter. I, I follow, I, I watch what liberal blue check marks are doing. The disappointment that the rally not only was diverse in celebration of our country and our rights mm -hmm. and that they left the place cleaner than when they got there. The fact that nothing happened, they were so disappointed. You know why? Because now they're stupid filthy, disgusting narrative about the violent Neanderthal deplorable creatures we all are who can't be trusted with guns and to assemble because it'll devolve into a civil war. Now they're embarrassed, Joe, because that's only at their rallies. Oh, oh yeah, your Antifa rallies? Uh, yeah, 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 those. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that only happens at your stuff. The pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Yeah, yeah. What do we want? Dead cops? Yeah, those? Yeah, that's your rallies. Yeah. Yeah, not our, not ours. Yeah, that kind of bothers them that you guys own the violence and the chaos, doesn't it? Doesn't that bother you? Doesn't that bother you a little bit? Now, showing you what a horrible white supremacist rally this was. Here's a tweet from our good friend who does great work, Antonia Okafor. 
who, by the way, happens to be black. So, Joe, no one wants to go to a rally if you're black and it's a bunch of white supremacists. So Antonio Okafor, again, who happens to be black, that only matters to the left, by the way. Antonio Okafor is a strong woman. The melanin content of her skin matters not in this show at all. But liberals love that stuff. So clearly, Joe, Joe, I'm just asking an honest question. Yeah, bro. If the media, these loser zero jerkwads yesterday in there, oh, white supremacists, if that was true, yeah. Clearly, Antonio Okafor was definitely not welcome there. Yeah, taking her, right. taking her life in her hands. Her. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> good. That is an excellent point. She yeah. must have had security. How did she get through this rally? Well, here's a tweet by Antonio Okafor. I play her speech, but honestly, I don't have the time. She is at Antonia <laughs> underscore Okafor. This is, this is the greatest tweet That's possibly cool. in the history of humankind. This is so good. I'm going to read it for you. Again, Antonio Okafor happens to be black. She says, quote, <laughs> this is great. Hands down, quote, the worst white supremacist rally I've ever seen. Exclamation point. I mean, they let me speak and everything. People shaking my hand and stuff. My gosh, what would MLK do if he saw all those people judging me by the content of my character instead of the color of my skin? Yes. Oh, dude. Yes. Hallelujah. Great one. I'm like crying here. This is it. That's the greatest tweet ever. Hands down, the worst white supremacist rally ever. A black woman at a white supremacist rally. People are shaking her hand and celebrating her speech and giving her a microphone. Here's the microphone. Please address us all. The worst white supremacist rally. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take the stupid anymore. I re- Ladies and gentlemen, the most dangerous place in the world for you is around a group of liberals with a MAGA hat on. I'm not kidding. Liberals, I'm not kidding either. The safest place in the world for you too is at a Second Amendment rally full of patriots. Let that sink in for a minute. I am not kidding. I was a security professional in my prior line of work. Great, who cares? I did security assessments. I'm telling you right now, the safest place on earth for the president or any liberal candidate to be yesterday for the presidency, the safest place on earth was that Second Amendment rally in Virginia. As Antonio Okafor said, and you get a big salute from me today, hands down, the worst white supremacist rally she's ever seen. Folks, they even left it cleaner. Yeah, there's some video playing in the background here. Yes, Second Amendment participants, supporters <laughs> in the rally yesterday with trash bags. This is crazy. Listen <laughs> to this guy in the background. Check this out. There's a video. Yes, if you want to check it out, youtube.com slash Bongino. Here's a video you can hear playing in the background. There it is. Tra- it's a birthday present for Ralph Northam. You hear him? All right, here we go. I got some over here. Thank you. Thank you. There's a video. <laughs> Sh- shocking. Of these violent white supremacists, the civil war is going to break out any minute with garbage bags cleaning up the garbage they left behind, unlike the environmentalists who show up in D.C. and leave their crap all over the streets. Folks, that's not, by the way, that's from, uh, what is it, Carolyn Weaverson from uh, WSCT, who took the video. Mm. That's a reporter. She's like, wow, people with garbage bags cleaning up their garbage. A totally unsurprising for a patriotic rally of conservatives, by the way. They do that all the time. But again, I'm, I'm not knocking this woman who took the video. I don't know her at all. I don't know her politics. I don't pretend to. But that fact, Joe, that conservatives left the area cleaner than when they got there right. is probably truly stunning to media losers and fake journalists trying to pretend they're covering the American people. You're not. You're covering your caricature of the American people, which is false because you're morons and that's what you do. All right. I've got another video I want to get to. Um, I want to get to Tom Elliott's tweet and, and a little video from Project Veritas Action, but this ending of the show is going to be important. So just stay with me for a couple of minutes. I'll try to get through this, but it, it matters. Uh, finally, one final sponsor today, folks. Again, it's been a busy day. Today's show brought to you by buddies at We The People Holster. They sent me a nice... Uh, uh, what is it? What do they call these things? Coasters? I'm, I'm, I know. I'm so not cultured. I'm sorry, folks. I'm, I, I pretend to. Well, be if you set your drink on it, it's a coaster. Yeah. 
I mean, that's a picture of my grandmother, by the way, Paul. Uh, we the people also. It's a great picture of my grandmother, by the way. I'll get to that in a minute. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Ms. Paula. We the people holsters. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of holster brands to choose from, right? They all look the same until you see the price. Starting at just $37, We the People holsters are custom made right here in America. Their designs are made in-house. They even have their own 3D design team that measures every micromillimeter of the firearms to ensure the perfect fit. They have a unique intuitive design that allows you to easily adjust the cant and the ride of the holsters so it will fit comfortably and securely at both ends. Let me just get to the bottom line why We the People holsters are really solid, strong holsters. Let me just tell you in my words because they sent me a couple of them. A lot of these in-the-pants holsters, pocket holsters, uh, all, they're very uncomfortable, folks. I'm sorry to tell you that I've been carrying a gun my whole life. They are. You're sitting there adjusting. You're driving your car. You got that hip bone, that iliac crest that's rubbing on you. You can't adjust it. Not we the people holsters. They are the most price-effective holsters out there. They are designed in-house for a precision 3D fit, and they are gorgeous looking. Beautiful looking holsters. You insert the firearm and you hear, click. No space in there. Click. You can adjust it. You like it a little looser. You like it a little tighter. Click. Go to wethepeoplehosters.com slash Dan. Get yours today. Holsters ship free. Come with a lifetime guarantee. Enter offer code Dan and get an additional $10 off your order. Come on. Offer code Dan. An additional $10 off. Check out their Trump holster too. They have great designs. You're be- I'm telling you, these are beautiful holsters. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to wethepeoplehosters.com slash Dan. Offer code Dan for $10 off your order. Look at there. Just go to the website and check them out. You will not leave without buying one. I promise you, they are gorgeous holsters, precision fit. We the people holsters.com slash Dan. Offer code Dan for $10 off. Check them out today. Okay. Oh, getting back to what we were talking about. So about the rally yesterday too, just one final point here. Showing you how it's not only the liberal media that face plants and has really no basic comprehension of who the people they're covering and what we stand for and who we actually are. They've none. They just hate you. Remember what I always say, folks. We think liberals and the media are people with really bad ideas. Liberals and the media think you're people, really bad people with ideas. That's important. We think you're people with bad ideas. You think we're bad people with ideas. In other words, you don't care about ideas. You just think we're bad people. Right. It's evident in their, it's the simplest way to phrase this. It's evidence in their coverage. Here is one of um, the intellectual heavyweights of the Democrat movement. And believe me, um, I, I, I'm not messing with you. Like they really, I, me and Paula were talking this morning before the show. We're like, can you imagine how bereft of, of any principles you have to have to find this person, AOC, to be the intellectual scion of your party. I'm not even sure what's worse, being AOC or following AOC. The stuff that emanates from her mouth is so stupid um, that it's really hard to comprehend. So Tom Elliott, who does good work on Twitter over there, he highlighted a speech she gave yesterday and says, AOC contrasts today's gun rights march in Virginia and Richmond with protests against Eric Garner's killing. She doesn't even realize that this is a total self-own AOC. AOC says, again, contrasting liberal protests, liberal-led protests with this conservative protest. She goes, well, why were there almost no police officers? Despite the protesters flying Confederate flags and carrying semi-automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons. <laughs> now, yeah, Joe gets it. Paula gets it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Do you understand how she totally facepalmed there? And she has no idea why. <laughs> why was the place not surrounded with police officers? Because, ladies and gentlemen, as I just told you, when conservatives rally at Second Amendment rallies, there's zero history of violence whatsoever. Epidemic violence at these rallies. It doesn't happen. Don't you see how you're face planting here? Why yeah. do we need all these cops at liberal led rallies? Gee, I don't know. Maybe somebody did a security assessment of past incidents at some of these rallies and figured there was a danger present. Who? I'm just saying, folks, she doesn't even see how she face planted. Why do we need security at an Antifa rally, too? They don't have them at these Second Amendment rallies. And she thinks that's a knock on the cops. Oh, my gosh. This is one of the dumbest people in Congress. I'm sorry. As I've said repeatedly, congratulations. You want a seat in Congress. It's very hard to do. I couldn't do it. It's tough. Stung. You now have the responsibility as one of 435 members of one of the most powerful bodies in the world to actually know stuff. The stuff you say is just, I'm not kidding. It is pure, unadulterated idiocy. It's juvenile. <laughs> 
You don't understand how this is a cell phone? Why do we have to be policed heavily and not the conservatives? And that's a knock on us? <laughs> Joe. Yeah. For those of you missing this at <laughs> home, youtube.com slash Bongino. Hand, head, over the top. There it goes. Joe even added some wind sounds. Yes. Thank you. Always good. Joe is uh, like the uh, the Foley artist. You know, they put the little footprints and the <laughs> foot, foot footsteps in the shirt. Joe had to add the background noise there. Now, there's a great, great article in the show notes from Mises.org. I'll put it up. You really need to read this today. It is worth your time. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please, please read this. I will send these articles to you every day. We will not spam your inbox, I promise. It's by a gentleman named Tho Bishop. I'm, I'm, no, if it's, I'm sorry, I don't, I've, I've never met the person before. It's T-H-O Bishop. Mises.org. Virginia is only the beginning. This is a wonderful article. And the top line takeaway from this article is this, that what's happening in Virginia now with this now rupture between patriotic, law-abiding, big R, God-given rights, respecting conservative Virginia, and big city slicker Virginia is going to be happening all over the country soon. And the reason this is happening, ladies and gentlemen, is because citizens of Virginia who lived there a long time who candidly just want to be left alone. Let me run my business. Let me run my family. Let me go to my church. Let me work for a living and let me protect my family if God forbid I need to. They just want to be left alone. The problem is, and I could say this because I grew up in the city, is the city slickers who come in and move into Northern Virginia, which Joe knows well. He's from that area up in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Northern Virginia tends to be populated with a lot of liberals who move in and they're the city slickers. And we're going to tell those backyard deplorable hayseeds, oh, dummies down and we're going to tell them how to live. No, you're not. They're not the dummies. You're going to see this get worse, folks, because you're seeing this happening in states all over the country where big cities are starting to dominate and increasingly subjugate a lot of their... Now, you may say, oh, well, listen, it's a vote like anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States has always understood that we are not a direct democracy. Given that we have always been a system of regional and state interests, at the federal level, that's why we have the Electoral College. We have the schism between the state and the House of Representatives. We used to have the 17th, uh, you know, 17th Amendment destroyed a lot of that, but you get where I'm going with that. And the effort to get two senators from every state that obviously was in, 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 imbued in our Constitution was an effort to preserve states' rights and regional interests. What I mean, folks, is people in Southern Virginia have different interests than people in the city. Those interests are, are constantly, Joe, being flushed down the toilet. The yep. big city slickers just won't leave them alone. We need to take your guns in Southern Virginia. Two people are too dumb to carry them. Oh, thanks. We'll pass on that. But thanks for your advice. Mr. Educated, MBA, MA guy. Same, but that's you too. Sorry. This is a great piece because it covers a theory I've had for a long time about not just that cities are starting to dominate their rural areas based on their pure numbers and engage in the two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner analogy by taking away people's rights who just want to be left alone. You may ask yourself, why? Why is this happening? Why are places like Virginia, where people just want to be left alone, increasingly having their rights taken away by a bunch of city slickers who don't think they deserve rights? What is it about the cities? I've had this theory for a long time. Just in a couple of minutes, I just want to explain this to you. First, folks, people who live in cities tend to rely a little bit more on social services. You live in a city, it's densely packed. I mean, Joe knows, he's traveled a lot. Yeah. I lived in New York. You know, people take buses and trains because there's no parking spots anywhere. So a lot of people just choose not to buy cars. Right. Sadly, a lot of those social services are inefficiently run by government, but people, because that's the only way it's ever been done, assume that's the only way it is. So what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is they rely on government, even though they've been forced to, and they don't realize there's an alternative. That free markets could run these trains, trains, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles far more efficient than the government. But a lot of these folks don't know any better because they've never been exposed to anything different. DMTA, the Port Authority in New York, all disasters. But that's all they know. 
So you live in a city, you come to rely on social services a little more. You come to rely on the police department where the police department is close. You can have a police department down the block from you in Manhattan and another one two blocks away. That's not the case in rural America. Cops could be an hour away at some point. People have to learn to be a little more self-reliant. In cities, the, the government's kind of a nanny for you. So people become more liberal. Combine that with the crowd effect that people are tautologically in cities more congested and around each other more often. You know, you don't want to be the outlier. So you're a Trump supporter. Maybe you're, you know, you're out with your friends on a Friday night in a bar and you know, there's not a lot of Trump support. You don't want to cause a ruckus. So eventually it becomes imbued into that this liberalism may be the de facto default position. So the reliance on social services, the crowd effects of being around your friends, cities tend to imbue people with these liberal values. And these liberal values are starting to imbue people with this almost tyrannical streak where they want to take away the rights of other people that are not living in the cities and the states. But there's another point here that's worth entertaining. Cities, Joe, happen to have, again, we're talking about why cities are more liberal, happen to have a more educated population. And by educated, I mean not educated. I mean educated in the fact that they have the sheepskin diplomas, but a lot of them really aren't that bright. Oh, the yes, education yes. system has failed people. Yes. You know, the Thurston Howell. Oh, yes. So Mises.org, that piece I just pointed out, which I strongly encourage you to read, points out the fact that we actually have a reverse education system going on. Where all the sheepskin holders with all the fancy diplomas live in the cities, and all the sheepskin holders are the ones that went to college and learned that the Soviet Union was great. It was so fantastic. The gulags were wonderful. Socialism is great. It works everywhere because liberal college professors are largely idiots isolated from the real world when they teach things in the humanities. Largely, not all. So you have an educated population in the city that's as dumb as a box of rocks. Don't believe me? Project Veritas Action released this new video today of another Bernie Sanders supporter, yet another one. And I want you to pay particularly close attention to how this video ends and how this outrageous, dopey, silly, aggressive Bernie Sanders supporter says he learned communism and socialism in the Soviet Union was so wonderful. Listen to this. He attained the rich. I always said, you know, I'm a communist. I'm ready to start tearing bricks up and start fighting. I'm not. I'm no, no cop, bro. I'm, I'm, I'll straight up. I'll straight up get arms. I want to learn how to shoot and go train. I'm ready for the revolution, bro. He attained the rich. So, do we just seize? Do we just dissolve the Senate, House of Representatives, and just branch and have somebody like Bernie Sanders and a cabinet of people make all the decisions for the climate? I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. What yeah. will help is when we send all the Republicans to the re-education. <laughs> Can you imagine Mitch McConnell? Oh God, he wouldn't survive. Quincy Graham. <laughs> I like realize they're founded as re-education. Right. The first gulag that was open, have you heard about the Bellamore Canal? People came from America to work in the Bellamore Canal for the Soviet project, for the communist project. Wow. And the gulags became a lot more political as they went on. It was a tool. It's like a boogeyman. You know what? We have more people in prison in this country right now than Russia did at the height of the gulag. Breach. We do. It's a, that's a nut. That's it's a fact. I only learned this in college when I started studying the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union was not horrible. Okay, so another Bernie Sanders field organizer, um, um, according to the allegations in this recorded video here he makes, uh, wants to start beheading people and take up arms. Notice he has a man bun, by the way. Um, good luck with that. Uh, I don't think you'd get very far in your little semi-revolution there, Daddy-o. Uh, what's this guy's name, by the way? I mean, I, I mean this guy, what, Martin or something? So Martin with his man bun wants to start a revolution, wants to start guillotine, take... I'm just, that's just the Project Veritas action video. Yeah. You can see it yourself, right. youtube.com slash Bongino. It's real. And Project Veritas action. Go check it out yourself. And he learned that the Soviet Union was wonderful. Where, Joe? In college. In college, baby. I know the video's a little yeah. rough. It's not Joe's fault. It's it's hidden video, yeah. so the microphone's a little muffled. But he goes on to talk about this canal project in Russia. Yeah, only 25,000 people died in forced labor camps there. But yeah, that's right, Joe. That's a perfect minimum wage job. Everybody should start That's not there. that bad. I mean, canal projects where you, yeah. your chance of dying is roughly 75%. Sounds like a great gig to me. Yeah. I wonder if OSHA was on that job. <laughs> he learned it in college. You want to know now why liberal cities with the educated group 
I've become a uh, bastion of stupidity and a black hole of ignorance trying to take away and subjugate the rights of others because they're dominated by morons like this who want to bring back the guillotine, take up arms with their man buns. Charge with your man bun. Yeah, good luck with that one. You'll get about two feet before like the Jocko Willicks of the world stop them. I'll take Jocko over Martin Manbun any day of the week. That's why. Read the piece in Mises.org. It's definitely worth your time. All right, folks. Thanks again. Really appreciate you tuning in. I will. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I should bring this up. Yeah, I told you I'd say it. Uh, so I said yesterday we had had a family emergency um, Thursday. What we're going to do, folks, I have uh, something I have to go to on Thursday. So I am going to do an interview show this week. Um, it will air on Thursday in lieu of Saturday. We're going to record it today. It will be with Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch. It'll be about all the intricacies of Spygate, Ukraine, the uh, do not prosecute list, Marie Ivanovich, all that stuff. It's going to be a really fascinating interview. Please watch it. It'll be on Thursday um, in lieu of our regular show. All the other shows will broadcast as normal Wednesday and Friday as well. But um, let me put up the picture and you can see. Um, we lost my grandmother. She was 98. That's me and Paula, Agatha Bongino, who I loved very much. And it was kind of unexpected. I know you may say, gosh, she was 98. How unexpected could that possibly be? But um, I kid you not when um, there's a picture of the family with her. Not that long ago, ironically. That was her. That was her at 97. Uh, they, my family took her to the doctor and the doctor said she was in fine health. I, I know it sounds shocking, but it was very unexpected and, um, it doesn't make it any easier. I loved her to death. She was one of the finest women I ever met. She was from the greatest generation. Her husband, my grandfather, the greatest man I ever met, Frank Bongino fought in the battle of the bulge, died about 20 years ago. And his last words to me in the hospital, because he was sick and frail at the time were Daniel, I don't want you to see me like this. Please go. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, uh, I knew I couldn't get through that. <sighs> the uh, service will be on Thursday. I had tweeted out uh, the funeral home. Uh, it's in Syosset, New York. My family are all New Yorkers, so I have to travel up on Thursday. But uh, I will do a show tomorrow. Sorry. Don't mean to like crack on you. Um, we will be back on Friday. And again, we will post the show on Thursday. It'll be the interview show with Tom Fitton. I really appreciate you understanding everything this week with the messed up schedule. You're the best audience in the world. So thanks. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.